0: You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. So, here you are. Too foreign for home. Too foreign for here. Never enough for both. Ijuoma Umebinyo. Diaspora Blues.
1: What makes you smile, and adds a spring to your step? What does it mean to belong, and how do we build a home away from home?
0: Diaspora Blues is a show that contemplates what is and what could be. Join Busto and Bigwa every Monday at two thirty on Three CR Community Radio. Produced, Produced by Jan.
2: You're listening to Diaspora Blues, a 3CR radio program that's presented on the cooler Nation. I'm Iyan Chidwa. This week we have another special guest and his name is Antonio Greer. He is a yoga teacher from the UK as well as a facilitator at Collective Being. I've wanted to start a mindfulness practice for a while now and even though I have tried it a few times, there's still a part of me that's kind of like... Am I doing alright? How is it supposed to be done? Do I need a yoga mat? Do I need to be sitting cross-legged? These questions are some of the reasons why I haven't actually started. So when I saw Antonio Greer post on Instagram, I was like, okay, maybe this is my chance. And that is why we have Antonio on this show. He's here to talk about what mindfulness is and what it isn't and to debunk all the myths that we've heard about mindfulness. But before we hear from Antonio Greer, let's get some music. So, this next song I'm hoping will get us in the mood and perhaps set the tone for our conversations. It's called Yoga and it's by Janelle Monet and Judana
0: yoga
1: Party at the beach Down in Kobe.
0: Fitzroy Legal Service has launched a free information and advice phone service for people who have been stopped, questioned, fined or charged for breaching the new COVID-19 restrictions. Have you been fined or charged under the new laws or stopped and questioned by police for being outside? Call 0434 136 501 weekdays between 9am and 5pm. That's 0434 136 501. Or head to fitzroy-legal.org.au for more information. You can also report incidents at covidpolicing.org.au. Fitzroy Legal Service is a 3CR supporter.
2: Welcome back. You are listening to Diaspora Blues, the 3CR radio program hosted by me, Ayan Sherwa. Before the community announcement, we played a song by Janelle Monet and Judana called Yoga because this week we're looking at the wellness industry. And helping us make sense of this conversation is Antonia Greer, who is a yoga teacher and a facilitator at Collective Being. We hope you enjoy this interview. Welcome to the Blues, Antonio.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's nice to be here.
2: Well, it's great to have you. Um, Before we start, so before we look at your workshop that's coming up soon, let's look at what mindfulness is. So what exactly is mindfulness?
0: I mean, there are definitions of mindfulness and and there's like lots of people have lots of thoughts on, on what it is. I find the best way of thinking about it and the simplest way is that mindfulness is the idea of being fully present in both your internal and external environment without judgment. So what that means and and what that means to me is that you're aware of any thoughts, any feelings or any sensations um, and you engage with those fully And, and you're not coming at it from a place of I should be feeling like this or I wish I felt this instead or why don't I think X, Y, or Z, but you just embrace exactly where you are right now. And as I said, there's lots of different um, opinions and some will agree with me, some will disagree with me, but the great thing I find about mindfulness and, my, and thinking about it in that way is it allows me to be mindful in any situation. So it doesn't have to be a specific activity or, or like I don't have to sit and meditate. It's, it's a great way, but, it, but it's not the thing I have to do. I can be mindful whilst cleaning my apartment or whilst cooking my food, whilst going on a walk with my dog, um, whatever I'm doing. So no matter how busy I am, I can always find ways to be mindful because I can integrate it into the things I already do.
2: Mm. And that's the thing about mindfulness for a long time. I kind of, I was interested in the practice, but I never got into it because I thought you had to be a certain way. I thought you had to like sit down cross-legged <laughs> and, you know, chant stuff and, A friend of mine who's really into it was like, no, Ayan, it's not about that. You can actually go for a walk. Going for a walk is an activity, like a mindfulness activity that you could practice. So once I realized that, for me, that changed my whole perspective. Um, Let's look at what mindfulness isn't. What are some myths that, you know, you wish people put to rest? Stuff that you've heard about mindfulness that makes you go, "Mm, it's not really like that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> um I think just exactly as you said like when people say oh you've got to sit perfectly still and, and meditate for an hour a day um I've been meditating for years now and I still can't do an hour a day um uh, yeah but it has to be something that takes a lot of your time that you I hear people say all the time to me oh I'm not good at it there's no being good and not being good um in a similar way to to what people say about yoga like oh i, I don't know how to do it or I'm, I'm not good at it um these kind of and i guess they have kind of things that have come out of the wellness industry um and, and like capitalism <laughs> essentially but they've kind of made everyone think that you need to go to a fancy studio and you need to do um buy the clothes and you need to be a specific size and look a specific way to be able to be mindful Um, when in reality as I said you can be mindful when you wake up and you brush your teeth Um, however and it's completely different for every single person so yeah I think the biggest one is when people say I'm not good at it or or um, yeah kind of use that kind of excuse Mm.
2: and I think it's also important and I'd love to hear what you have to say about this to realize that when you do start sometimes it can raise these like really uncomfortable feelings can you can you talk to us more about that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, and and that's where I said uh, mindfulness. It's really about trying to reach that point where you're experiencing these feelings, these thoughts, uh, sensations without judgment. So at the start, um, it is often quite overwhelming and and we can um, have these feelings and and often we're on autopilot through our lives. So actually sitting and just being present in a moment is really challenging and really confronting. I find the best way to kind of rab- uh, remedy that, I guess, is I always tell people, just start with one minute or one, one, one moment. You don't need to go and sit and, or figure out how to be mindful for an hour or 10 minutes or a 20 minute block. You can start by just one action. So a great one, um, which I've, tried to, I've given as advice to friends and, and to family and stuff is, be mindful whilst eating a meal. And that might start by literally just being mindful for the first bite. So really slowly chew that first bite, notice all the different flavors, the textures, the sensations happening in your mouth, how it feels, chew it slowly and fully, feel the food going down. If you don't focus on any other bite after that, completely fine, but you've been mindful for that first bite. And you're what you'll find is if you can kind of bring small things in like that over time, you'll find that you're being mindful for the second bite and then maybe the third and perhaps a whole meal and it starts to then spill into other areas or yeah, be mindful while you wash wash your dishes or going on a walk, notice a cut, like notice a tree on your walk, just one tree to start with or one nice thing that when you get home, you can think about again and you'll suddenly notice that you're, you're noticing many things around you.
2: I'd be curious to know, is that something that you have to practice Daily, or is it like whenever you
0: have time? Um, I mean, there's, there's lots of different thoughts. I would say the whole point of mindfulness is it can be done, so you don't have to make time for it, right? If you're someone who's busy and you're, you can do your mindfulness whilst driving to wherever you're going, or whilst cleaning, or cooking, or on that walk, or doing your exercise, because it's just it's about a moment. It's about breathing. It's about slowing down. It's about just being fully aware in that moment. So the more you do it, like any habit, if you can do it daily, you're going to get it to become a habit and you'll be able to start doing more of it and it will be inbuilt into your life. So I think at the start, ideally, I would say try and find something you could do every day. Um, When I I was starting, a a friend of mine gave me some really good advice and they said actually just they stuck post-it notes inside Cupboards and and on a on their bathroom mirror. So every time they went to brush their teeth in the morning, it just said breathe. And whilst Mm -hmm. brushing their teeth, and they're not doing anything else because you just stood there brushing your teeth for that minute or two two minutes. They were just breathing. So just very present, focusing on brushing their teeth. You've done your mindfulness for the day. Just doing a couple of minutes there, um, Mm -hmm. whilst doing other things. So I think it's important if possible. To, to do a daily practice because then it just starts to become normal and you start to experience the benefits of it. Of course, there's times we, we don't and, and we'll miss it and things like that. And it's not about beating yourself up or giving up if you can't do it. But yeah, aiming mm. to do it as, as much as you can.
1: Victoria the store the i i a i i Authorized
2: by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. A 3CR supporter. You're listening to Diaspora Blues, and I am Ayan Shirwa. So this week we are chatting to Antonio Greer, who is a yoga instructor and who is a facilitator at Collective Being. In the first half of the interview, we looked at what mindfulness is and what it isn't, and now we're going to look at some of the problems with the wellness industry and some things that we should look out for if we're interested in joining a facility. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at now because I I walk every day and I try to incorporate a bit of mindfulness. And, you know, I get so annoyed when my mind goes elsewhere and I'm just like... And I start to think about all these thoughts and and I'm like, oh, but I guess it's not about, as you mentioned, not about being perfect or about, you know, practicing it for this length of time. It's it's whatever you can do and wherever you're at at that moment in your life. So for me, that's good to hear. Um, You did mention earlier, um, you kind of touched on capitalism and I'd love for us to sit here for a bit just like with everything else, mindfulness is being co-opted by like big business. Um, And I don't know if you noticed now, but it's being like promoted and marketed as this like feel good thing. And, you know, there are benefits. (laughs) Yeah, there are benefits to like mindfulness. You do feel better about yourself, but is that all there is to mindfulness or is it something bigger?
0: Mindfulness will make you feel better, but not for the reasons that the, the wellness industry want you to think um, mindfulness isn't, as I said before, going and buying the nicest uh, brands and sitting in the nicest, bougiest <laughs> yoga spaces and taking the perfect pictures for Instagram and, and things like that. The reason it's going to make you feel better is because it's going to increase the connection between your mind and your and your body, and, and you're going to be much more present and aware. It's going to do things, and the tools you can use that help you calm your sympathetic nervous system. So our fight or flight mode, for example, which is where we tend to sit when we're in a state of stress or raised anxiety, which for the average person, we sit in way too much these days. So that's why it's going to make you feel better. Um, but in terms of like the industry, I guess there's a there's a lot of issues <laughs> where, where do you want me to start. Um, obviously, like for me, uh, and kind of goes back to what we were saying before about excuses. Um, one of the excuses I I personally used growing up before I actually got into yoga and into um, meditation and and into mindfulness and and that kind of space was oh that's not for me that's something white people do which in reality is is ridiculous now I actually understand the space because these practices where they come from originally there's nobody white there right so yeah I think it's been kind of sold to us as this really um, this feel-good thing but that is only done in a certain way for a certain type of person and and that's who they cater to. So you go onto any wellness program or you look for a wellness program online and all the images are of skinny blonde women looking super happy Mm. (laughs) in, in like perfectly matching outfits (laughs) and things like that. I've, I'm yet to see somebody that looks like me, like a a six foot black guy with tattoos on, on in any of these kind of things, promoting a meditation course. Um, So so, yeah I think there's there's we could get onto red flags but there's a lot of them in the industry
2: yeah no totally like for me I guess that that's also one of the reasons that pulled me off for so long because the way as as you mentioned the way it was marketed to us it was just like white people but particularly skinny white women and you know you had to buy these like expensive um, yoga mats or you had to like buy these mugs and you had to sign up to all these things and 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 it's not about that you know at the end of the day it's just about centering yourself um let's say because I would love to practice mindfulness in a community center or as part of a like as part of a group what are some red flags that I should look out for when I when I'm interested in joining a wellness center are there things that I should be cautious about
0: yeah for for sure and I mean I should probably start by saying some spaces, it's going to be impossible to tell until you're there and you get a feel for the, for the space. But you can kind of get an example um, from their websites, from their kind of the imagery they use, the language they use, um, their social channels, their Instagram, um, the, the, yeah, the pictures they use, the language they use kind of give you some, something. So I, I teach yoga um, and certain studios have approached me and instantly just in the language they use and the way they're approaching me and, and they'll say things like, oh, we'd love to work with you, but I've never had a conversation with them. So it's like, actually, you don't want to work with me. You just see, because there's uh, such a lack of diversity in yeah. Melbourne in terms of yoga teachers, you just want a black guy to, to come so you can tick that diversity yeah. box. Um, and I'll go to their page and have a look and absolutely all their teachers are, are, are skinny white women or or, um, or something very similar to that. And everyone's in like really good clothes the place is immaculate and white um and it's it feels like an exclusive environment Mm. everyone's slim and in shape uh, or a shape i should say but everyone's quite skinny there's one type of image and everyone almost looks the same there's not much variation so for me a lack of diversity is probably the biggest red flag for any any space you go to Mm. um obviously here in australia as well um if a place doesn't acknowledge uh the traditional owners of the land that's also a big thing for me so if i go to their website and they haven't acknowledged the stolen lands that they're on if i go to a class and the teacher doesn't acknowledge it or the the studio doesn't have a plaque acknowledging what um what country we're on those kind of things i think are really important as well um if in in the practice you go and um a teacher say it's a mindfulness or a a meditation class or a yoga class or whatever it is in, in the space um and at the end of the practice and at the end of the time there, when they've not used any Sanskrit, they turn around and they say, Namaste. That also is a red flag for me because it's like why use yeah, cultural appropriation. And that's a whole nother <laughs> rabbit hole that we could get into another time. But um, yeah, there's, there's quite a, a lot. I guess the biggest one is, do I feel like if I have an issue in this space, I will be understood, listened to and supported. And, and I think things like the lack of diversity the lack of in, in image in in people in cultures, um, that yeah, there's they're all huge red flags for me. Mm.
2: How can we use this practice for liberation? What does that look like to you?
0: So for me, I guess when you're no longer living on autopilot, which we all tend to do a lot of our time, you have better awareness of yourself in every moment. And I think what that now enables you to do is learn to a first love yourself in a society which pretty much tries to <laughs> constantly berate us and, and put us down and make us not love ourselves and make us aspire for a Eurocentric aspirations. So by loving yourself in that one act, you're already rebelling against society and you're rebelling against. Um, yeah, the colonizing societies that, that we live in over here but what that also does is that self-awareness tends to spill over into other areas so we all know about um obviously like flicking a switch for example when you're at work and just noticing we, so many things happen on a day-to-day basis and the microaggressions that we actually don't acknowledge whereas we will no longer stand for those things when we love ourselves right it enables us to i guess notice things that are happening to other people and be more empathetic to those things because we're not just living with our head down on autopilot so we're yeah we're more aware of everything that's happening to us and to others around us we have crazy high rates of anxieties of depressions of um, all these mental health challenges and by taking our wellness back we're going to flourish, we're going to be in a better headspace so we'll be able to take what society is constantly trying to throw at us Mm -hmm. and not only survive but actually start to thrive in that environment.
2: And a huge thanks to Antonio Greer for coming on the show. If you're interested in starting a mindfulness practice, there is an upcoming workshop that Antonio is running with creatives of colour. The workshop is called Build Your Own Mindfulness Toolkit with Antonio. We'll provide a link in our show notes, but if you're listening to this live – Go to the Creatives of Colour IG page as the link is provided in their bio. And that is the end of our show. If you want to get in touch with us, we are on Instagram as well at 3cr.diasporablues. You can listen back to this episode and all of our previous episodes on our 3CR page. And taking us out is another Janelle Monáe track. This one features Erica Badu and it's called Queen.
1: I'm not